Welcome back to Score Sports Podcast. On the this podcast, Lane Frank, Naps are 116. So 116 episodes through. And I actually packed episode plan for you. We're into the NCAA tournament now, into the Sweet 16. World Baseball Classic just finished. A bunch of news in the NBA, bunch of news in the NFL free agency. Let's dive in. Episode 116. Let's hop into it. Let's start with episode 116. How we always do with the headlines in the NBA. First thing I want to talk about in the NBA right here. Julius Randle. 58 points. 58 points in a loss to Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the emphasis, the loss. He had 52 after the third quarter ended. Carmelo's record, 63 points. I'm going to sell Lamelo. Carmelo Anthony's record, 63 points. Most ever by Nick was almost broken by Julius Randle. But the problem is how Tom Thibodeau handled the whole situation. I think when Julius Randle has 45 points and you're within striking distance of reclaiming the lead, about three minutes left in the third quarter, you rest him and then you bring him back to start the fourth quarter. I know it's not usually how Julius Randle does things. I know he starts the fourth quarter on the bench for five minutes, but that kind of cost Knicks a little bit. And then when he got back in there, they had a one-point lead, and then things kind of fell off the rails trying to get him the ball, trying to distribute more. Didn't really work out, in my opinion. So Julius Randle, still a great game, but no win. That's fault right there from New York Knicks. The Warriors, they snapped their 11-game road losing streak. It's pretty bad. Klay Thompson likes to always say, oh, I got four rings. Four rings, you can't do anything. That doesn't matter when you're on an 11-game Losing road streak, and you're not playing so great. So, Warriors, let's see if they can figure things out. They just snapped that streak. Hopefully, they can start a new one, but winning on the road. Let's see how that goes. Jalen Brown had some interesting comments today. He said, I don't know what my future in Boston holds. I hope I get to stay in Boston, but I don't know. I hope whatever happens is the best decision, whether that's me in Boston or me out of Boston. That's pretty interesting. Because he said, you know, I was always worried about the KD, Jason Tatum type of drama. Was there going to be a trade? Me for KD, me for whoever it might be over to Brooklyn. That obviously never happened, but that was definitely a thing that he was worried about. He still doesn't know about his future in Boston. This dynamic duo single-handedly brought the Celtics to the finals last year. So hopefully Jalen Brown can stay a Celtic forever long as he wants to be. Same with Jason Tatum. Interesting thing right there by Jalen Brown. They threw out Lonzo Ball. Gets another surgery. I think he's having transplant surgery. No NBA players ever come back from that. No basketball player has ever come back from that. I don't know if athlete has ever come back from that. It's pretty crazy right there. But Lonzo Ball hasn't played in a few years. Right when we saw him play, he was kind of getting the peak of his career. And then he started getting injured. So that's tough right there. But hopefully Lonzo Ball can get back on track. We'll see how it goes. Keep your alerts up with him, Lonzo Ball. The Kings are by Obviously, they clinched the playoff spot. So amazing. They're playing great right now. Three in the Western Conference. Mike Brown done a great job. He should be in consideration for Coach of the Year, if not anybody else. And Joe Missoula should be up there, a few other guys, but Mike Brown, definitely throw me in there. First year back as a head coach in years, done a great job. LeBron James, obviously the rumors that he's going to come back, and then the rumors that he's done for the rest of the regular season. If he's done for the rest of the regular season, do the Lakers make the playoffs? I don't know. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. Let's move to the NFL, an interesting week of free agency. Ezekiel Elliott gets cut by the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of everybody thought this would happen, but still a bit bittersweet for the Cowboys. Obviously, they always thought they could win a championship with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. Never really happened. Now they have Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott was great in his prime. Now not so great. I don't know who's going to pick him up. I see this as a Le'Veon Bell type of situation. He was always the best running back, and then he doesn't play for a year, and then he falls off the market and gets a lackluster deal from the Jets, and then does nothing on the Jets. So hopefully that doesn't happen with Zeke. Hopefully he can get another good deal. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's going over to the New York Jets. I don't know. It came out on Friday, where it was, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Jets, and then it became official. A few days later, Aaron Rodgers officially wants to become a New York Jet. And then you think compensation, full of trade, going to be done by the next day, later that day, maybe a few more days. It's been about a week now. That's cause for concern. We're going to talk about that later. Aaron Rodgers, does he end up in New York Jet? Still a thing to worry about right now. John Ramsey broke the NFL internet last Sunday, going over to the Miami Dolphins. This perfect move, going from L.A., 
from the Rams to Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins can definitely be Super Bowl contenders with this secondary. They cut Byron Jones. Everybody was a little bit surprised by that. And then you see the move, obviously, that you had Jalen Ramsey. They fleeced Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion. Los Angeles Rams, you can get a first-round pick. I don't care where Jalen Ramsey wants to go. I'm trading him to wherever he's... I'm going to get a first-round pick. He doesn't have a no-trade cost. I'm trading him wherever I can get a first-round pick, second-round pick. They got a late third-round pick, and they got a tight end named Hunter Long. Anybody of you know who Hunter Long is? I have no clue. One career catch. Yeah, that's not going to cut it right there for maybe the best cornerback in the game, Jalen Ramsey. Lamar Jackson, still non-exclusive tag, still weird drama going on there. He wants to be a Raven. He doesn't want to be a Raven. New reports coming out every single day. Interesting news. Then if I right there, that'll wrap up the headlines in the NFL for college basketball. We're going to discuss a lot of it later, but what a great NCAA tournament we've had so far. WBC just wrapped that up. Obviously, there's the great parts of WC where you win the championship, and then there's the bad parts where you see Edwin Diaz getting injured. We're going to talk about all of that coming up later. That's just the headlines. Stay tuned for Action Packed, episode 116. Still more to come. Japan has won the World Baseball Classic. This is kind of revenge from 2017 when they got eliminated by the United States in the semifinals. But this is amazing right here for Japan. Obviously, they were really packed the whole time. Really an amazing crowd that showed out for them. Really an amazing stay in the Tokyo Dome when they had the group stages. Now going over to Lone Depot Park, taking down the United States. Shohei Otani became a sensation. Lars Nupar became a sensation. Harukami became a sensation after his walk-off versus Mexico. So many great moments to this Japan squad. Undefeated WBC champions. That's what WBC is all about, everybody. Love it. Love it. I have my WBC Israel hat on right now. Obviously, they couldn't make it out of the group stage, but Japan, WBC, great uniforms, great everything. That's why I love WBC. You get to see the display of these guys. Some of these guys might not even make it over to MLB for the next five years. You could say Roki Sasaki might not make it over to MLB for the next five years, but he could go out and be an ace in MLB right now. It's kind of happened with Kodai Senga. He pitched in that 2017 World Baseball Classic, didn't make it over to MLB until right now. A lot of other guys. You obviously have the guy going over to the Red Sox. You have Murakami, who's not in MLB right now. But he should be in a few years. Had that walk-off against Mexico. So, great stuff in WBC. I loved it. Leave dots in the comment section. First round. Round 32, which is amazing in my opinion. We had some great moments. Let's talk about the best moments of the NCAA tournament. I know it's still Sweet 16. Not much has happened. Only the first two rounds, we still have a lot more rounds to go. Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, now it's Championship. We can always do this after the NCAA tournament too, but right now we've had so many great moments, too eager to get into it. I want to give one honorable mention. The Furman upset over Virginia. What in the world happened there? What in the world? Kihei Clark will always be remembered in college basketball history. I tweeted during that game, I said, Kihei Clark's play will either be the reason Virginia wins this game or lose this game, but he's not playing well right now. I think they need to get him off the court. What happened? He blew the game for them. Kia Clark, one of the most interesting college basketball careers ever, as a freshman, gets them to the Final Four off an amazing pass to Mamadi Dikiete to get that buzzer beater in overtime, go to overtime, and then obviously win that game against Purdue, make the Final Four, win the National Championship that year. So if Kia Clark doesn't make that pass, you're not National Champions. And if Kia Clark doesn't make the pass in this Furman game, you might also be have a very successful tournament. But K.A. Clark does make that pass. They do get a three firm, and the Paladins would have win that is for them. That's all I mentioned. K.A. Clark, what a way to end your college basketball career. Starting it on a great note with that Final Four pass, ending it on a terrible note in the round of 64. Now let's do the real top five. Let's hop into it. Number five, Miami making Sweet 16 yet again. Made the lead eight last year, making the Sweet 16 now. Really rallied against Drake, one by seven, but really was a close game up until the end. Got lead with 30 seconds left, their first lead game. So I love that right there out of Miami. And they're obviously taking down Indiana, shutting down Jackson Davis. Something no team has been able to do this year, in my opinion. They did it. Number four, Arkansas making Sweet 16. I'm really happy for Eric Musselman. You want to know why? Because every year at Arkansas, he's been great. Made the lead eight, 
his first year, made the Elite Eight his second year. This year, you know, they had their great roster. A lot of people were saying, Arkansas to the National Championship because you get all these good recruits off the great success you've had. And then those recruits don't perform as well. Nick Smith didn't perform that well. Andy Black didn't perform that well. Davis, Ricky Council, Kai Mitchell, they didn't perform well in the regular season. They did well enough to get them to the NCAA tournament, but they got them an eight seed. Then you take down Illinois, and then you take down the one seed Kansas Jayhawks. What a run that is right there. I kind of compare the situation to Michigan last year. Michigan always had great Final Four runs, and then they started getting recruits. They had Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston, who were five stars, and they had a lackluster regular season. Then they turned on the tournament, made the Sweet 16. So that's kind of what Arkansas did this year. I love to see that right there. Number four, Arkansas making the Sweet 16. Number three, and this one's really amazing in my opinion, Kansas State making it to the Sweet 16. You want to know why? There were three seeds, which is great, but it's the red that went up to this. Hiring Jerome Tang, first-time head coach, don't know what to expect. This was the worst team in the Big 12 last year. They finished as one of the best. Jerome Tang did a great job. You bring Keontae Johnson, who obviously had that horrible situation in 2020 on the court. Nobody even thought he would be able to play basketball again. Obviously, he was in a coma for a few days. That was horrible right there. But Keontae Johnson came back to basketball, came to Kansas State, and got them. That dagger against Kentucky. What a shot that was. What a shot that was by Marquise Noel. He turned into... Damian Lillard was shorter. He was amazing in that game. I think Kansas State just does well with short players. Deuce Vaughn in football, and they get Marquise Noel in basketball. 5'8", Marquise Noel, 5'5", Deuce Vaughn running back. Kansas State, Keontae Johnson, Jerome Tang, Marquise Noel, so many other guys I can mention. What a run this is for them. Make it to Sweet 16, 3. They own Kentucky in March also. Last time they played Kentucky in March Madness, they beat them in the Sweet 16. That was a shy Gillard Alexander team. Number 2, best moment of the tournament, Princeton making it to the Sweet 16. This was unprecedented. For an Ivy League school to make the Sweet 16, for an Ivy League school to win a game is unprecedented. What a win that is for them. You take down Arizona. You were down by five points. It seemed like the whole game, Arizona could never pull away. Princeton can never grab the lead. Then you get Alec Pierce's brother, wide receiver for the Colts. His brother goes off for Princeton, gets in the lead, had 15 rebounds in the round of 32. Won that game for them against Arizona. Would have won that was from there right there. Mitch Henderson, coach for Princeton Tigers, would have won that is for you right there. Princeton, not a school that is going to celebrate as much because Princeton, it's Ivy League school. But he still makes Sweet 16. He still makes so many threes against Missouri to make it to Sweet 16. Let's see how they do against Creighton on Friday night. Number one, best moment of the tournament. You know it. Fairlad Dickinson, Tobin Anderson, what a squad. This coach, Tobin Anderson, was a Division II coach one year ago today. Now today... He gets a five-year deal with Iona. What an amazing experience that is right there for Tobin Anderson. I don't want to talk about what happened for Purdue in this game because we're going to talk about that later. But Fairlight Dickinson, they just said, hey, you have all these centers, you have all these amazing players, we're going to shut you up. We're going to play with adrenaline. That's what led us to that win right there. That's what led us to getting the lead against Florida Atlantic and then blowing it, obviously. But still, great for Tobin Anderson, great for Fairlight Dickinson. Back-to-back years in New Jersey school, made the Sweet 16. That was either a 15 seed or a 16 seed. Excuse me, Fairlight Dickinson not make the Sweet 16, but still, getting great win. You get St. Peter's and you get Fairlight Dickinson, both out of New Jersey. Doug Edder for St. Peter's, and then obviously Tobin Anderson, the hero Fairlight Dickinson, kind of calling it a shot after their first four win against Texas Southern. Best part of it all, they didn't win their conference. Merrimack did, except Merrimack wasn't eligible for the NCAA tournament because they were just turned D1. You have to wait that five-year transition rule. Fairlight Dickinson finished second in the conference. They made the tournament. They beat Texas Southern in the first four. Tobin Anderson after the game says, hey, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. Boom, what does he do? He beats them. That's about for the top five. Leave your thoughts and comments. Now, did you know, this week's Did You Know, it's a great one. Did you know only two times in the past 10 years, a reigning national champion in college basketball has made the Sweet 16. The last time it happened, 2016, Duke Blue Devils, they made it to Sweet 16 that year after they won in 2015. But still, only two times in the past 10 years has the national champion 
made Sweet 16 the next year. This year, Kansas reigning national champion, they lost. Year before that, Baylor, they lost. Year before that, you got Virginia, they lost in 2021 because there was no tournament in 2020. They lost to Ohio. Then you get Villanova, they obviously lost in round 64. The year after that, if they lost Dante DiVincenzo and Jalen Brunson, you get North Carolina losing to Texas A&M in 2018, and then you get Villanova losing in 2017 to Wisconsin in round 32. So, now champion in college basketball. It can be a great thing, but the next year, you're kind of setting up for failure. I don't think anybody thought Kansas could lose this game, but they did. Didn't you know that? Only two times in the past 10 years has a reigning national champion made the 16. Didn't know that? Leave that in the comments. All right, let's run through some NFL bowl predictions for the rest of the offseason. Let's start it out. Bijan Robinson to the Dallas Cowboys. Here's interesting. I think it happens. Tony Pollard is a great running back. But is he really at starting level? Is he going to have that same success he had last season? Because obviously he got hurt late last season. Can always bank on that. And then he got first round pick. Do you go for that generational talent, Bijan Robinson? Because Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect I've maybe ever seen, maybe behind Saquon Barkley. So he's amazing, Bijan Robinson. I think he can have a Dallas Cowboy. Maybe that's why they get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. I know they picked up Ronald Jones today, but still, add some depth to that running back room. Add a rookie. Add some new legs to that running back room. Zeke was amazing as a rookie. Bijan Robinson can be too. Bijan Robinson to the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones, I would love this move for you. Do it. Next one, the Jets don't land Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it happens. I think Aaron Rodgers might just end up retiring if this deal doesn't go through because it's just going to fall through at some point if it hasn't happened already. It could either happen today or maybe never because of how different these sides are. Packers, I think, are definitely willing to give up Aaron Rodgers, but I think they want a lot in return. I don't know how that goes. Maybe they release Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he just retires if that happens. I think the best move for the New York Jets is to say, to hell with the Packers. Let's go after Lamar Jackson. We don't even have to accept a deal from them. We can just give him a big offer and he'll accept. And then we have to do no trade because that's what the non-exclusive franchise tag is. Or if you do have to trade him, the whole issue with the Packers is right now, they don't want to give up first round picks. Okay, you can give up Zach Wilson, but they already have their quarterback, Jordan Love. If the Ravens give up Lamar Jackson, they could use a quarterback, Todd Munkin with Zach Wilson. That could be a deadly duo. That's why it could be amazing right there. You could give up Zach Wilson, a first round pick, maybe a second round pick. And that could get the deal done. I think Packers want around three first-round picks right now. That's not going to happen. And they're obviously not going to take Zach Wilson because they have Jordan Love. So that's a pick right there. Jets, Lamar Jackson. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. For Rodgers, whatever you want to call it. Lamar Jackson to the Jets. Be amazing with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Ooh, that offense will be blazing fast. Last one. The Patriots go big on somebody else. It could be DeAndre Hopkins. It could maybe even be Lamar Jackson. Maybe they give up on Mac Jones. I think the Patriots go big. Their first big move in maybe years because they've done some subtle moves. You get the Juju move. You get the moves that they had a few offseasons ago. You get Matthew Judon, Nelson Aguilar. Not a move like that. A big move. A blockbuster move. I think it's coming for the New England Patriots. Leave thoughts in the comment section. That's about for my bull predictions. College basketball of madness. March madness. And when I say it was madness, there was a lot of madness over the first weekend in college basketball, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So let's pick the Sweet 16, and then we'll break down what happened on those days. First game, Alabama, San Diego State. San Diego State, go to run. You beat Charleston. You destroy Furman. Brandon Miller, might be too much for you guys. San Diego State, lose to Alabama. Quick hint right here. Brandon Miller, no points in their first shine game against Texas and Corpus Christi. Could that affect him? Or just got the way and see. I saw a little funny thing today. You know how Nate Oates said, Brandon Miller was at the wrong place, wrong time. Dig Saban said, when their player got arrested for obviously terrible charge, everything like that, he said, there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. Was that a shot in Nate Oates? I don't know. Alabama wins this one by digress. Alabama wins this one over San Diego State. They move on to the lead eight, where they will play the winner of Creighton versus Princeton. Princeton, great run. I think Creighton's going to be too much for you. Baylor Shireman, Ryan Nemhard, 
Brandon Cal called Brandon too much for you. Creighton just too good right now. I really had Creighton Final Four preseason. I wish I stuck out that pick. I had them losing in the round 32 to Baylor. Obviously, that did not happen. Creighton gets a win over Princeton to advance the lead eight where they'll play Alabama. Florida Atlantic or Tennessee? This is going to be an interesting game because Florida Atlantic has some talent, but Tennessee has some talent too. Tennessee really hit a roadblock in the SEC tournament game, but I think they do great in this one. Give me Tennessee. Moving on to the lead eight where they'll play the winner of Kansas State, Michigan State. Michigan State. Awesome ballers. Tyson Walker, Matty Sissoko, A.J. Hoggard, Joey Hauser. Kansas State does too. I like Kansas State. Marquis Noel, Keontae Johnson keeps that connection going. Jerome Tang dancing over to the lead eight. Houston or Miami? Originally, I had Miami in the Sweet 16, and I switched my mind before I did the episode. Now they're in the Sweet 16. They're playing Houston. Houston almost lost Northern Kentucky, which wasn't a great lefty right there. They were down by 10 at halftime against Auburn. This team is resilient. They play like an NBA team. But at some point, that runs out. I like the shooting of Miami in this one. Give me Miami over Houston. They make the Elite Eight. Xavier, Texas. I previewed it in the episode last week. I said this would be a matchup. This did happen. I predicted it correctly. Sule Boop for Xavier really struggled in the round 64 and round 32. Texas really needed a boost from somebody, and they got that boost from somebody in Dylan DeSue in that round 32 game against Penn State. They were down for a little bit, and then they got back the lead. So it's going to be a good game. You got Rodney Terry for Texas, former coach of UTEP. You got Sule Boom as Xavier. Former player at UTEP, so maybe they know each other's ins and outs. Texas, my national champion pick. I'm not switching that up. Give me Texas over Xavier. Close game, though. I like Texas. Arkansas versus UConn. UConn, great squad. Tristan Newton, amazing. Adamus Nogo, really good. Donald Clinton, another really good big. You have Jordan Hawkins, maybe the best shooter in college basketball. I think that's too much for the Arkansas Razorbacks in this one, but it could be a good game. Could go down to the wire. Could go to overtime. Never count out Eric Musselman. Obviously, he's going to take off his shirt if they win. Did that against Kansas. So, really crazy coach. Really great coach, Eric Musselman. And obviously, a good coach in Danny Hurley. These are both two of the most fired-up coaches in college basketball. Danny Hurley will call a timeout and just hype up the crowd. He won't even talk to his team. I think Eric Musselman will do the same. So, that's going to be an awesome matchup. Arkansas versus UConn. I like UConn on this one, though. Moving on to the lead eight, like I predicted last week. Gonzaga, UCLA. I like Gonzaga versus Northwestern. Northwestern obviously lost to UCLA. But I like Gonzaga in this one over UCLA. I didn't have UCLA going this far. They didn't make it this far. Go Gonzaga. Go Bulldogs. Drew Timmy. Too much for UCLA to handle. I think losing Jalen Clark was such a bad thing to happen for UCLA. And then you got Adama Bono just not playing so great right now with that injury bug, with that mask. So I like Gonzaga. Moving on to the lead eight where they'll play UConn. That's about for my Sweet 16 predictions. Let's break down what happened in those first two rounds now. Duke, obviously... Did great in the round 64 against Oral Roberts and a lot of people didn't think they would. And then you get Mark Mitchell out against Tennessee. So that's not great for you right there. Tennessee still a very talented squad, really underseeded. My opinion should have been a three seed. Obviously, they win that game. Tennessee, great one for you right there. Duke really just struggled. Let's see how the squad comes together next year. You got a great recruiting class. John Shire, first year as a head coach. Nothing to hold your head down about. Won the ACC. I like that right there. Duke. Had a good run. Obviously, they lost. Virginia, Tony Bennett. They're going to have some things to figure out with their program. Obviously, this year was success in the beginning, and then he's struggling. Ben Vanderplas goes out for the rest of the year with that broken hand in the ACC tournament. Lose to Furman, not so great. Baylor, too. Baylor, this is back-to-back years. We're losing the round 32. Back-to-back years, disappointment. That's the thing like out for right there. Scott Drew squad. But for Matt Painter and Purdue, I guarantee you, you take Zach Eady out of that game for even five minutes, you're winning that game because you're a more talented squad, and there's not the pressure of feeding the ball to Zach Eady every single play. That's what they did every single play. It didn't work for you. So Purdue, better team than Fairlight Dickinson. They didn't have the better game plan. Credit Tobin Anderson gets his job at Iona today. Five-year deal taken over for Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino heading back to the Big East over at St. John's. Kind of a perfect fit for him right there over at St. John's. Really happy about Rick Pitino getting that deal right there. Kentucky, John Calipari. Was this his last game at Kentucky? I don't know. Maybe he goes over to Texas. If they don't, 
bring back Rodney Taylor or somebody else. So Kentucky, really tough end of the season. Had that game in the bag, then blew it. Keontae Johnson played great. Jerome Tang in a great game plan. Kentucky loses that game to Kansas State. Marquette, same thing. Shock smart. Can never really get that tournament run going. Had that run at VCU, then goes over Texas. Doesn't win a game at Texas. Then goes over Marquette. Has a great round 64 game as a two seed. And then you play terrible in the round 32 against Michigan State then. So really tough game right there for Marquette. Good news is you got an experienced squad. You get the biggest player of the year, Tyler Kolek. Come back for you very soon. Next year. Penn State, Mike Shrewsbury, their head coach leaving to go to Notre Dame as of today. So Penn State really had a great season. You get that tournament win, first tournament win in years. Andrew Funk, Jalen Pickett, great players. Let's see if they follow him over to Notre Dame or if they go to the NBA. But that's a great high for you right there in Notre Dame. Mike Shrewsbury, Penn State coach, going over to the Fighting Irish. Kansas, talked about earlier, with Bill Self. I don't know if you, Bill Self coaches that game if you win. Norm Roberts is still a good coach. I won't. No, though, because in those late-game situations, you're more comfortable Bill Self kind of running around Norm Roberts out there. It's Kansas, obviously a tough loss if you're right there. That'll wrap up College Basketball Minus for this week. Storm to come, episode 116. Now, let's do At The Buzzer, and I'm going to talk about the NBA MVP ladder. There's been some shake-up in the past week. The Joel Embiid, been playing great. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo playing well. You have Nikola Jokic, who's been the frontrunner all season. Nice falling back a little bit. There's criticism of all these guys. Giannis is, he only dunks. Joel Beads is, he takes possessions off. Just talk to George Carl about it. For Nikola Jokic, is, he stat pads. So let's talk about it. I think that's the top three right now. It could be Embiid number one, in my opinion. I think you have Giannis number two. And I'm going to slot Luka Doncic in there at number three. I'm going to slide Jokic number four. You want to know why? Luka Doncic had a horrible... Sporting cast that first half of the season. Now he is Kyrie Irving, which is a little bit better, but let's see how that goes. 30 points a game still for Luka Doncic. Playing great, playing really well. Best season of his career, you could say. Third in MVP ladder, in my opinion, is Luka Doncic. Two is Giannis. Obviously, Giannis has gotten some more help over the years. Great supporting cast he has right now. Playing great. Giannis number two. Joel Embiid number one, though. Just most dominant player in the NBA right now, you could say. At least this season. Maybe all time, it could be LeBron. Maybe if you're playing in the playoffs, it's Giannis. But in the regular season, right now, I'd say Joel Embiid gets to the foul line more than anybody else. Another player who gets to the foul line a lot, Shea Gillard, Alexander. He's at my honorable mention right now, playing great right now. 30 points a game, more than that, actually. 31 points per game for Shea Gillard, Alexander. Doesn't really get the credit that he deserves, in my opinion. Really just so underrated, so talented. I don't know how many years he has in Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City Thunder still a good squad. Shet Holmgren, Josh Giddy. Shagelos Alexander, Lucian Stort. But when is that all pieced together to make you a championship dynasty? So I don't know. Oklahoma City, not the greatest city to desire for. Kevin Durant left it. Russell Westbrook left it. Let's see if Shagelos Alexander will do the same. That's my honorable mention. That's about the buzz this week. My NBA MVP ladder. Now, the best last question of the day. This week's question of the day is, how has the NCAA tournament been so far in your eyes? Have you loved the round 64? Was it a good enough amount of upsets? Not enough upsets? Too many upsets? Do you like the close games? My only issue right now is that there hasn't been a buzzer beater. There hasn't been a game that has gone to overtime. All these games have been close, but there hasn't really been a game that has come down to the wire. There's been games where you get intentional fouls, you end up winning by five, you end up winning by six, seven, four, whatever it might be. Yeah, it hasn't really been a game yet where there's a last-second shot, and the only one I could think of is Maryland-West Virginia. West Virginia went for that winner. They didn't get it. That was the first game of the tournament. So, a little interesting thing right there. I wish there was more close games, but I love how the tournament's been shaping out so far. Leave thoughts in the comment section. That's about for question of the day this week. That's about for Squirt Sports. Delaney Frank, episode 116. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram, at Squirt Sports, for awesome sports news updates. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter, at Squirt Sport, for sports news and debates. Follow Squirt Sports on TikTok, at Squirt Sports, for more amazing content like this. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, the best.
sports content in the world. We'll be back next week, episode 117. Stay tuned.